you you guys ever think about how snakes have sex (laughs) (laughs) and then like they just look at me blankly and i'm like you know just think about it for a second like (laughs) like what are you imagining are you imagining like the girl snake getting on her back and the dude snake (laughs) missionary coming up to her and you know she's the girl snake because she has the eyelashes like in the cartoons back with another okay podcast hello and welcome my name is dan O. this is comedian ordinaire the world's most okay podcast doing another comedian interview today um i gotta sit down with sammy anzer who as you'll hear is probably the one of the smartest comedians that i've ever got to chat with um my guy just knows his stuff. He knows his stuff about comedy, but even more than that, this guy is putting together his life, really. I mean, just listen to him talk. You'll get to hear it all, but it was it was insane to sit down with him. Uh, my guy is so smart, and he's also a high school teacher. Uh, teaches English, which I probably should have guessed. Uh, I did end up guessing that wrong. And any listeners of this know that I'm usually good at guessing. I'm usually on the money with like birthdays, sexual orientation, gender, <laughs> things like that. I guess I'm good at guessing, um, but I got it wrong. And uh, anyway, Sammy Anzar, but I'm very excited to share this episode finally. Um, Sammy is a comedian that I've seen around town a lot, actually, Um, and I never went up and met him, actually. Uh, You know, I don't know what it is, man. There's something that, like, when I see a comedian that I start to follow and maybe become a fan of, I I don't feel like uh, going up and saying hi or, hey, I'm a big fan. I don't feel like doing that. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm being annoying or something or they don't want to hear it. I'd, I'd imagine if I was... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it sounds egotistical. Like, I've been recognized once, and it was f- the fucking coolest thing that ever happened. That was the coolest shit ever. So I don't know. I don't know why I don't want to do that. It's happened a couple of times, honestly. I guess you only regret the things you don't do. Am I right? But enough about that. Um, Really quick, just to get this out of the way, um, you can follow the podcast at comedian.ordinaire on Instagram. A lot of people promoting podcasts on Instagram these days, and I guess if you want some more of that in your feed, please go over there. Um, I'm posting pretty frequently. Also, any comedians that are listening, and if you guys would like to be a part of it, I would love to have you. I am just a message away on Facebook. Uh, My Facebook name is in the description of this podcast. Literally just, hey, man, fuck you. You know, you look like you smell like shit, man. If you send that message, I'll probably hit you back like, yeah, cool. So I'm free on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, So literally just a message away uh, to any comedians and to all the listeners. A sincere thank you again for just being interested in this and giving it your attention. That's amazing. You know, I don't 
know when you listen to this. I don't know if it's a part of your commute. I don't know if you listen to it when your partner is being lippy and you just need to turn something on that is enjoyable to listen to. I don't know if it's that. And if it is that, then you definitely need to, you know, look at your own life and reconstruct things because that sounds very sad and dark. Um, yeah, I don't know what you do when you listen to this, but whatever you are doing it, I appreciate it. Um, and you know what? Without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Sammy Anzer, welcome. What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome, man. Thank you for doing this. Yo, thank you for coming over. Thanks for letting me into your home. This is Absolutely. amazing. The, Thanks for kicking the roommates out. The detox tea will be ready soon. All right. I can't wait because I need it. I got a drug test coming up. <laughs> uh, first of all, how are you, man? I'm great. You doing I'm great. all right? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not working right now. I'm on vacation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a really cool show I'm excited about on yeah. Sunday. Um, things are going good. That's awesome, man. Uh, like, where, where are you from, first of all? Let's get to know you. I'm from New York. I'm from Queens, New York. You're from New York. Yeah. And okay. uh, I'm flying back there next week. Go see friends and family. Sure. And, um, yeah, let's say I lived in Memphis for a little bit in between. Okay. But you were born and raised in Queens? Born and raised first 25 years of my life. What kind of kid were you growing up? Dang. Um, that's a hard question. I mean, I, definitely I was a class clown. You are a clown. Uh, but also, I feel like at times I was a little bit of a bully. You uh, bullied people? Yeah, when I was like younger, like junior high school-ish. But I'm going to be honest with you. I only uh -huh. bullied people because I was bullied. Ah. Which I think is true for a lot of bullies. It was sure. like a thing to feel safe. Right. Like when you're in Queens, it's like, yo, I have to make sure no one's going to mess with me. And the best way I could do that is like doing some messed up stuff. Like you know? what kind of people did you bully? How did you pick a person to bully? Someone who seems sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Like okay. my inner self. Yeah. Oh, man. It's coming out. <laughs> it's getting deep. Are you in therapy? No. no this could I'm be a sort of therapy, man. I'm really, good at, I'm really good at self-reflection. That's uh -huh. why I'm able to say these things. Like, so, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've thought about it. I made my peace with it. Yeah. But you're a, a funny kid growing up. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. All right. Like an attention seeker or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Were you into comedians specifically in comedy? When, you when I was a kid, you know what? I think my first exposure to it was like my mom would put us to bed, me and my sister, and then I would like wake up uh -huh. a little bit and I would sneak out and I would see her like folding laundry and watching comedians. Mm. And I always used to be like, hey, are, are, you, are you watching your joke show? <laughs> and then when eventually I got older, I started helping her fold the laundry and watching comedy with her. And like who sister. would you watch? We used to watch Comic View on BET. BET. Comic view on BET. <laughs> Six nights a week, you know that? How old are you, man? I'm 31. You're 31? Yeah. All right. Any specific comedians that you were into, like Cetric or... Damn, I'm like back in the day. I remember really liking, this is like more recent, uh, Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden. You know, it's crazy. He was at the improv, and I got to hang out with him in the green room a couple Whoa, of weeks ago. That must have been And I, w I wanted to tell him, but I got nervous. I wanted to be like, yo, like yeah. me, my mom, my sister, like, watched you when I was growing up. And now I'm, like, hanging out. And he's from New York, too. You wish you would have told him? Yeah, I should have told him. I think you only regret the things you don't do. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's huge, man. Um, like, were you a good student? You say you were a bully, but, like, bullies yeah. can be smart. Yeah, I mean, I think that I did 
I, I was like I wasn't challenged enough academically mm-hmm. or maybe I had like issues focusing and I just did enough um, from my own education to like skate by and then eventually I realized like working hard in like my last two years of high school I was like I need to get a scholarship and get to college otherwise I'm going to sell drugs or join the military or something Whoa. you know yeah. that, that's why I was like I was imagining my options I was like well I could go to the military or I could sell drugs or really? I got to get this education why did you want to get an education what did you plan on doing when you were a kid it just seemed like a way out a way out yeah like I remember excuse me I remember like someone getting like like just like stabbed up I was at my high school and I was like whoa oh, that could be me whoa that ultimate bullying it felt it felt close and I was like I need to get away from all this and like hit these motherfucking books <laughs> was Queens pretty rough growing up it's i've only been to queens once yeah what part were you in um i well i was there when i was 13 and i don't remember but i remember taking a city bus with my mom and my brother hmm. it's like a vacation and somebody sold us like a at the time the incredible hulk was out in theaters hmm. and we bought it on dvd on the corner wait which incredible hulk uh, the, the edward norton one or the one before them the, the one with the abomination do you know oh, what i'm talking about wait wait i think that's the good one with edward norton it was i think it was edward norton Eric Bana one was trash. I'm not talking Eric Bana. Okay, I don't mention him on this podcast. Okay, good. Sorry about that. We could edit that out, right? We could cut him straight I'm out. editing all of that okay, out. Okay, all right. But we bought that one. This is my Queen's memory. We bought it, and it was like, oh, it was in theaters, but we only paid $2 for the DVD, and it ended up being Shrek 2 in Spanish. That sounds like a very Queen's experience. That's my thing of Queen's. I'm like, ah, they're just trying to... You know what I love? What I love about Queen's is I think it's one of those places where you can get whatever you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to a high school where, you know, you had like dope dealers and, and you also had people going to like Columbia university cause it was 4,000 students in my high school. Huge. There were so many students that I used to go to high school in shifts. Like if you were a freshman, you would get a shift from like 11 to 6 PM. Uh-huh. And if you were like a, a senior, you would get a shift from like, you know, like a regular more like eight o'clock to two o'clock type thing. Whoa. So it was just like whatever was there. And I guess that's kind of like the space I put myself in. But that's home for you. Yeah. Queens is home. Queens is home. And then you said you moved to Memphis briefly. I moved to Memphis where I got my degree in education when I was 25. You're 25. Yeah. And how old are you when you do stand-up comedy for the first time? So the first time was I did it like a couple times in New York. And I won a contest. Okay. Then I got into um, I got into this teaching program, which is how I like changed careers and moved to Memphis. Uh-huh. And I got in, and it was a conservative teaching program where if you had premarital sex, you would get kicked out of the program and owe them thirty thousand dollars. Whoa! How would they know? We all lived in this like dorm community where they paid for like housing and stuff like Men that. Men and women together. Yeah. Oh, that's like a trap, dude. Yeah, it is. It was. Whoa. But I had, you know, bad boy hands are out here. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I go and I just start liking comedy. Yeah. And then I have this new way of actually getting a livelihood. So I go there and I'm like, let me just keep my head down and graduate, get my degree. So I perform comedy a couple times in New York, get into this program, do the whole program. The day I graduate, I go to an open mic in Memphis. Whoa. That's huge, man. How was what was the first time like? Did you do well? And this was in Queens, I'm assuming, the very first time. Well, the first time it was it was in Manhattan. It was at Broadway Comedy Club. Okay. Yeah. 
What was and it? I did well. I mean, I had like, you know, like 30 of my friends there who wanted to see me perform. And like the jokes were trash, but like I think it was like the crowd was just super supportive. You know what I'm saying? Because it was all people who were like super inexperienced. It was like, have you heard of bringer shows? They don't really do them out here. I don't know what that is now. So in New York, basically like one of the ways, if you're starting as a comedian, the way to get stage time is they have this like trap where it's like a bringer show. Okay. Where like, oh, you want to perform comedy for an audience? Cool. Just bring seven to ten people, have them uh-huh. all buy two drinks, and then you can get on stage at you know Gotham or the Broadway Comedy Club. And you don't know any better. You don't know about open mics. You don't know about that stuff. So right. So you, I did that. You brought friends. Yeah, I brought I brought friends. Do you think that's why you did well? Because he had people that, that I supported com- you specifically? Uh, yeah, I think it's a combination. It's that, but I mean, it was like a whole audience too. So Yeah. How, mu- how much time did you do? Do you remember? Five minutes. Five minutes. It was awful. Any jokes stand out to you from that oh night? Oh, my God. I know. I yes. hate to put you on the spot, but yeah, I kind of like it too. No, it's so bad. It's so bad. I my The first joke I wrote, uh-huh. uh, there was two of them. I had a one-liner, which was... Um, I, it's hard for me to do comedy because I have agoraphobia, uh, which means I'm scared of one Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's funny if you play Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, that Goro's was my character, too. That, that was where my mindset was at at the time. I was what, Who's doing the Mortal Kombat jokes? Not anyone? Me. Okay, <laughs> the Mortal then. puns, dude. <laughs> that was like very Dimitri Martin-esque. That is, man. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, I like to throw random questions in the middle of these. When was the last time you cried? Yo, I was just thinking about this. Mm. It's been a while since I've cried. And I've I've realized that's probably like something I need to do. So like now that I'm on break and I'm on vacation, I want to schedule a time. Really? Now that I have more time, I'm less busy. And try to watch a really sad movie and cry. Mm. I, I tried to watch uh, Life is Beautiful. Have you seen that one? No. Um, it's a Holocaust movie. Oh. Yeah, already, right? Jesus. Right? But but here's the thing. It's even worse. The father and the son are in the Holocaust camp. Uh-huh. And he try, he convinces his son that it's all just a game. Whoa. So he can get out of it. So he's like trying to pretend. He's like, oh, no, this guy's just escorting me to this room. And I like lifting this stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, but I didn't, I didn't cry. You I didn't, didn't cry. No. That sounds kind of like a comedy premise honestly he's like it's a game now we're playing twister we're not getting yeah. tortured and except it's tragic it's very tragic yeah. think about like getting bullied as a kid or something or yeah that would be shitty. you need like a 30 minute cry it helps i know Flush i'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it over uh, before the new year I'm gonna, okay. just, I'm gonna find a cry i'll send you a hateful message on facebook <laughs> see but that doesn't I'll do it for me out. i know I, I like to when i cry like the things that get me Ooh, the last time i cried uh-huh, uh-huh. my hero academia <laughs> yeah what have happened you, have you seen that anime no i don't even oh know what God. that is man. it's an it's an anime it's okay. popping right now okay um and there's there's basically like in the future i don't know like, all right in the future there's uh-huh. superpowers okay like 80 percent of people are born with superpowers one kid doesn't have any superpowers and the doctor's like yo your son's not to his mom he's like he's probably not gonna get anything that's it like it's a wrap for him everyone has superpowers except for your son that's tragic and then i'm not gonna ruin it but he gets superpowers mm. and then he says to his mom and he goes like he like when he has powers and stuff like that he's like and she's like oh it's okay like i love you no matter what and he's like i didn't want you to tell me that you'd love me no matter what i wanted you to tell me that you thought i could do it oh right 
Fuck. Right? Bro. Right? That hits my gut. Right? Holy <laughs> shit. That's an anime? Yeah. I thought it was all like, I got sh- beams that shoot out of my hand. No, but there was beams of shit coming out of my hands too. <laughs> but they mix it with the story. So it's like, yo, they got the beams and the story. It's like, how could you not love this show? That's amazing. How recent was that, by the way, that you cried for real? That, that has, I mean, that was like more like, oh. That was the thing. It fell, though. Yeah, it fell, but it wasn't like, oh. Ah, okay. Oh, man, that's um that's amazing so you said you've been doing comedy about five years but i'm wondering why you chose to do it in the first place what what's appealing about it that's a great question it's changed for me over Mm -hmm. time i think when i first started comedy it's because i was i was like funny with my friends and i thought i could be good at it Mm -hmm. um and i would say up until about three years that was my motivation and i wasn't very good and then I think when I started getting good was that I realized that I had a responsibility to the audience and that the better comedian I become and the better jokes I write and the better I perform, the more happiness I can bring. Mm. So I started making about other people instead of myself. Yeah. And then I, it became so much easier and so much more fun. I think that's advice for life. I think if you just start giving more in any area, that Facts. it comes back to you. Facts. Facts. The more you give, the more you get. Facts amazing that might be the name of this podcast facts facts <laughs> f-a-x by the way yeah uh, dang man that's i mean that's incredible um do you still get nervous when you perform i don't remember the last time i mean I, i'm sure i do but it doesn't really hit you nah were you nervous the first time yeah you oh were. yeah oh yeah stage fright like classic yeah, like, hate me. like my mouth became dry. I forgot everything I ever wrote and yep. rehearsed a hundred times. Yeah. But now if I fuck up, I'm just like, eh, I fucked up. It happens. But I mean, maybe if the this, this show and the pressure was big enough, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like maybe if there's like some big audition or something. Like if you ever headline like a Paramount. Yeah, yeah, I probably would. But even would? there's probably smaller stuff in between there. Is there? <laughs> I think it's just comedy works and then right to Paramount. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't think it. <laughs> Dude, so I was trying to tell you before this that I've seen you perform a couple of times. I'm going to throw like a random story at you. Just if you can recall anything, that would be amazing. Let's see. I was watching you at the White Whale Room 2018, 17, whenever they were like really popping. And you were talking about snakes and sex, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. And you were calling to the audience for like someone to like, does anybody know what I mean? Or like, and you looked right at me. And I was nodding my head like, yeah. And you pointed at me. You're like, this guy has sex with snakes. <laughs> Clearly, he has sex with snakes. What was that joke? I don't know if you remember. Okay, yeah. I stopped telling together. that joke. It never really made its way to like performance quality. But it was basically like the, the premise of it was like, yo, you, you guys ever think about how snakes have sex? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then like they just look at me blankly and I'm like, you know, just think about it for a second like <laughs> like what are you imagining are you imagining like the girl snake getting on her back and the dude snake missionary coming up to her and you know she's the girl snake because she has the eyelashes like in the cartoons <laughs> in a bow are you imagining like a snake 69 anyway and then i talk about how i realized i research i was thinking about it so much that i found out how snakes have sex how do they actually so you know when you see like a snake pit 
uh-huh like and they're all just like going around like and whatever yeah on they're, each other. they're having sex that whole time how is that sex though like they they just kind of like slide up and here's the other thing about it so they just have sex like that like just indiscriminately okay right and and then the joke is that like that's pretty cool uh-huh but that would kind of be like if you were having sex with a girl and then some dude just came by and like dragged his dick across <laughs> your face <laughs> but what i realized further in my research was that they have a uh, snake dudes have a double dick what the they have a double dick like this like left right double dick whoa so they could like they could have sex with snake girls on both sides like if there's a snake there's, if there's like a nice snake shorty on the left whoa. she can get it and if he's passing by he's like yo you know what that snake shorty on the right looks good too get some lizard head on the left yeah one and-, and then i also talk about which and audiences hate this um that if i was gonna have a double dick i'd probably want the top bottom <laughs> double dick <laughs> Not the left right double dick because that would be really hard to why did you stop doing that joke i don't know i just never felt like it got to the point do you think i should keep it snake dicks i mean people are like ah, i'm sick of dick jokes but no one's saying i'm sick of snake, snake dick jokes snake double dick jokes <laughs> <laughs> maybe man keep it try it again but i remember that night at the white whale room and- why, why do you think that sticks out uh i mean snake dicks stick out i think because they're erect no I don't know if snakes get erect. They probably do. I think the joke sticks out to me. Just, I mean, I was so nervous that night, and I was just like trying to get into the zone and laugh at people and not get in my own head about, oh, I'm going to forget this one word, which I ended up doing. There was a guy hosting. I forgot his name, but um, he was like, where are you from? And I lied, and I was like, oh, I'm from Albuquerque. Like, I just came from Albuquerque. And he introduced me. I do my five minutes, and then he goes, and that was Dan O., all the way from Albuquerque for that. <laughs> and then I didn't perform for like another three months. I was like, that sucks. It hurts, man. How do you get over bombs in uh, the beginning stages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, I was, if I could go back in time and tell myself this, I would. And I still tell myself now. So it's like when you bomb, it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh-huh. Because my motivation, my, my metric for success has changed. So like... Before, it would be like, oh, if I do really well, I'll become rich or famous or really good and people will like me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And every time you fail and you bomb and you fail that goal, it hurts because your ego's tied up in it. Right. But now for me, it doesn't bother me at all because my metric for success has changed. I get up there and I'm just like, yo, you know what? Let me, let me joke around with people. Let me see if I can make them laugh. Let me try to figure out this joke a little bit more. Have you lowered the goal a little bit? Is no, that what that means? I've not lowered it. I've changed it completely. Uh-huh. So like my goal is to like figure out this joke okay. or to like perform this differently. And if I do that, then I automatically succeed. So like let's say I'm like, I want to try a different ending to this joke. Mm-hmm. Whether the joke works or not, I succeeded because I tried out the new ending and I got an answer. It's like doing a science experiment. Uh-huh. It's like not getting the results you want, but you find out what you need to know i was like oh i wanted to try out this ending to it it didn't work i'm good now i could cross this out and try out this new ending next time Hmm. or just like hey you know what i made i made a few people laugh today i I brought a few smiles to people's faces yeah i'm a success that's right that's all we're trying to do anyways right if i do that every single day then i'm gonna be fucking bomb a lot of people always trying to like sneaky figure out my ethnicity like real sneaky like like they'll be like Hey, Sammy, we just ordered a pizza with sausage and pepperoni on it. Can your people eat that? 
Hey, uh, Sammy, before we eat the sausage and pepperoni pizza, we're gonna say grace. When you're thinking about God in your heart, how many arms does he have? It sounds like there's more than like a laugh that you're chasing. For me, I know as a kid growing up, it's like I made people laugh and all right, I got to do that forever because that's the only way people will like me. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know if there's something else there for you. No, I think it was, but now it's like, so my ultimate goal in life mm. is to help others while helping myself. And I realized that comedy is one of the best ways I could do that because I get to every day figure out who I am and process things and make light of like, you know, things that have happened in my life and I get to make people laugh while I do it. Okay. And that's what it's about. It's a reward in that regard. Um, what's your biggest regret in life? I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have like a huge regret that sticks out to me. Bullying, not crying enough. I could. Those are big things. <laughs> Watching snake porn, what like? <laughs> Would you call anything. it snake porn or just be the Animal Planet? Wow. Whoa. Whoa. We just figured out something. Holy shit! I don't, that's animal porn is really just Natural Geographic. So would you call it human porn or what's the equivalent like Discovery? Discovery Channel. Maybe something. a health documentary. History it's just Channel. Human porn. CNN. Yeah. Um, yeah. you don't have like a regret that you go back to. Something that sticks out to me? Mm, I don't know. I guess I could have been a better boyfriend throughout my life. Mm. I think that's that's something I could work on. You're a selfish guy. Or... I just think that I probably prioritize comedy. And you think that's a bad thing? Well, I mean, you can't have everything, I feel like. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, Is it one or the other, do you think? I don't know. That's what I haven't figured out. And that's the point I'm at right now. That's tough, man. That's really hard. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I kind of get that because you're like, I would like to be going out every single night and just focusing on that. But I mean, you miss like cuddling or like a human relationship. It's fun to make out with people too. I love making out. It's great. We'll do it after (laughs) that. That's amazing. Um, And you're you're a teacher, actually. You're a high school teacher, are you not? I am. What subject do you teach, by the way? uh, You want to guess? Uh, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, you either teach algebra two, mm-hmm. sex ed, uh-huh. cause you're really into the snakes uh-huh. or AP us history, uh, English. God damn it, dude. But I will be teaching AP next year. AP English. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice, man. Uh, how do you feel like your students have impacted your comedy or being a teacher has impacted my comedy? I mean, I definitely get bits from it. Mm-hmm. Um, not from the students as much as like, just like what I do in there. But I think that it's made me realize about like what comedy like really is. Hmm. So like I met a lot of comedians and they're all like, you know, they're like super alternative and stuff like that. And people always ask me if I do my jokes on my kids. I never do. But I realize that I'm always curious about what's universally funny. Like if I can make a 15 year old laugh or an 80 year old laugh, hmm then I could definitely get everything in between. Yeah. If a 15-year-old and an 80-year-old will laugh at it, then so will everyone else in between. Uh-huh. And that's what I think about like 
the most universal comedy or like the most or as as universal as i can be and that's what i want to go for and i always think about that like oh those kids the kids are laughing at this i wonder why take a note yeah have they ever seen you perform no some of my students have found my videos though okay but do they know you're a comedian some of them do but i don't talk about it at all like if they mention it they're like oh mr answer i saw a video of you online i'd be like Whoa, really? <laughs> you're, you're trying to keep it on the down low. Yeah, I, I tried to keep it on the low because, I mean, number one, not everything I say is, you know, politically correct or everything like that. In the classroom? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on stage. Right. And I don't want, you know, a parent finding that and I don't want people, you know, I don't, I don't want my coworkers thinking like, oh, you're not, why, why are you tired? You know, I think that's the way to do it. I think I told people that I do comedy too early on and it has this added pressure to it now. Because now that's like when I get introduced to like, hey, this is Dan O. He's a comedian. Inside, it feels shitty because I'm like, I haven't been up in like a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't feel right about that. If they were like, hey, this is Sammy. He's a teacher. You'd be like, yeah, I just did that this morning. It's fine. Yeah. So I think I told people too early, but I think you're doing it right mm. and that you kind of separated the two. Mm. But do you ever like, they don't, you don't test your material on the kids. People ask you that, right? Yeah, they always ask me that. No, I've never done that, but I will... I will do like a little bit of crowd work <laughs> and I will, I will sometimes try to riff because I think that humor is a powerful tool for education. Mm. Like, so like, I'm always like, you know, there's always analogies in comedy. Like, Oh, my brother does this. And that's basically like if he was sure. So like when I'm relating literature and I'm like, let's say trying to explain Shakespeare, I'm like, yo, this guy just walked up to him and he was like, Mm. you know and i try to make it funny to try to drive the point across and then in like almost always they'll always remember it if they laugh at it right yeah that's huge yeah, yeah. i get that did you ever have a funny teacher yeah 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 i did do you want to call them out by name yeah it was my teacher's name you're not gonna believe this his name was richard Pryor. get the hell out of here man no <laughs> it was it was really? he was a white dude though oh okay totally yeah. different guy yeah 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 that's insane. And he was funny. Yeah, he was I feel funny. like he had to be funny with that name. Yeah, he was funny. Holy yeah. shit. Shout out Richard Pryor. <laughs> I guess. The teacher yeah. version. Um, do you ever second guess comedy? No. This far into it. You don't second guess it. No. Have you ever? Yeah. And yeah, when I was hitting lows. But like I said, now that my motivation has changed, it's like uh, I feel successful every single day. Damn. Like it's just like. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Like I could, I could have a bad week and I'll just be like, oh, I'm just having like a bad week or I'm not, I need to write more. I need to perform better, but I don't, Yeah. it never goes there because I'm, I'm trying to master myself. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to make people happy. And those two things are worth pursuing. You seem very calm. You seem like a calm person. Like I feel like mastering that's going to be an easier path for you. You seem like you reflect a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you I sit do. here and you drink tea and, and I fucking meditate and shit. Yeah. You meditate. I meditate every day, five times a week. Holy shit! Fifteen minutes a session. Or... Twenty-two. 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 Like the Taylor Swift song. Twenty. I don't know that one. Oh yes, I do. Yeah, dude, yeah. you would know if I sing. played it. You'd sing every word. All right, can you loop it in right here? I'm going to put it in. I'll edit it in. That's, yeah. Why 22 minutes, though? Uh, it's this thing called Headspace, this app. Ah. Have you heard of it? Uh-huh. So it's like most of the sessions are like 22, 23 minutes. Gotcha. 
And does that help you in comedy at all? Absolutely. How so? It's it's just like a game changer. It, like it's a moment for you to like number one, like take a break from like always like stimulating your mind. Like all if you read about it now, there's all types of like literature and science based research backing up the health and psychological benefits of meditation. Like it's tremendous. It helps with mood, it helps with fatigue, it helps with mm. um stress, it reduces there's just like long lists of it. So it's really good for that and it's kind of like the only way i feel that i could be as efficient as i want to be you know like I, I wake up at six ten. okay i either i either write or i meditate i go to work then from work i go to the gym and then from gym i go to perform and that's my life like every day that's tough man and the only way i could do that is if i'm kind of like meditate and like take that moment think about what i want to do and feel and kind of like just like recenter myself you ever get burned out yeah, yeah, that's what I've been going through recently. But normally I'm, I'm really good with it. How do you deal with burnout? You just light a blender? Nah, I just realized I need to sleep. I don't sleep a lot. Four but hours? Nah, I mean like six. Six, six is still shitty though. Yeah, six is shitty. And that's why like that's why at this point I'm like, I was, I was burning the candle at both ends. I'm like, I need to take it easy. Yeah. yeah. So now you're not going to work as much? or I'm not going to work and I'm sleeping more. Damn, dude. Sleep is huge. I don't think people realize I that. I totally underestimated it my whole life. It's huge. I heard LeBron talk about sleep because he's like a part of the Calm app. And I'm like, if he's saying it, there's something to it. Yeah. Because LeBron is King James. I mean, yeah. he, the Bible is named after him. Yeah. I've and heard that. Anything he says is gospel. Yep. Gospel uh, according to James. Do you pick your nose? No, I like being I like being here in Denver. I'm from New York originally, and I love it here in Denver. I just feel like you guys are like, yeah, hell yeah. You guys are just like a little spoiled out here. Just a, just a little bit. Like, your homeless guys don't even jerk off on the RTD? What? And those upholstery seats are so comfortable. I was like, if he's not gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You do. Love it. Where do you put the findings? You flick out in the abyss. Flick them. Uh, you know, honestly, I like both of them. I like flicking and um, I, don't mind, a, I don't mind a good wipe. Okay. A good wipe. Is there a spot in the home that we're sitting in? Like a, like a good booger wall is what you're asking Dude, me? Dude, I got a booger ledge in my home. That's why I have a booger ledge. Yeah. Um, I like to figure out what around me looks like it needs a booger the most <laughs> like i'm sometimes i'll be like oh not my pants uh not this table oh that sofa looks like i could get one ah shit Stay you know what though you know what my boy told me like when i was like 14 he's like mm. yo if you ever get a booger and you don't got anywhere to put it just put it in your pocket oh is that does that work? What do you mean? Like, look, you got a booger. It's got nowhere to go. You fucking slide that shit in your pocket. You get it later, though, and it's on your hand later. No, but then it's dry. You just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a life hack. That's a life hack, <laughs> Holy shit. Um, what's your writing process like? I know for a lot of comedians, it's like the phone. I need to go to the... As soon as I think of something funny, write it down on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your type of process? I do. Um, my process is continually changing, mm. I feel like. But I, I definitely have, like, I'll write down a funny thought, and now, like, I'll talk it out, too. Okay. So my new thing is, like, I talk while I write yeah. to figure out how I would actually say it. 
So like, if it's something like snake sex is funny, mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'll, I'll go to my phone and I'll be like, yo, you guys ever think about, and I'm doing the typing gesture for you people. You write like you're talking to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Or I, actually, when I, I don't think about the crowd, I think about my friends back home. Oh, shit. So I try to treat the audience like they're they're my boys back home. Whoa, that's huge, man. And th- people have told me that it kind of like comes across, that that's like my motivation. So like, you know, I moved away from Queens and I, I remember all those memories of like just chilling with my boys, talking shit, joking around with each other. And I realized I never wanted to lose that. Hmm. And I realized the way I could do it is if I do comedy and mm-hmm. like just talk to the audience like they're one of my boys. Damn. So I like I'll talk when I write. I'll be like, yo, you guys ever think about how snakes have sex for a second? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, just think about it, you know? Right, and I, I talk, it. I write while I talk to try to like combine them and make it both like more organic. I'm writing and I'm talking. Is that every day for you or? I write, uh, I think currently like almost like four times a week. Four times a week. Four times a week I write, but I want to try to get it up. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of comedians. When I ask about their work ethic, they're like, well, I could be doing this more. I could be going more. I could be performing more, writing more. There's always something. No one's ever content with where they're at. I don't... Yeah, I think you, it's hard to be. Is it? Because you, you just feel like there's so much to do and there's so much competition to be great. Yeah, that's right. Are you competitive? Yeah. You think that helps you in stand-up comedy? I think it does, yeah. I'm not super competitive. Like, I don't care about, like a darts game no. but i like you know i like being around all these talented people here in the city and i like you know when i see someone who's on my level and they have like a new joke or like a new idea or they do something really strong it like pushes me i'm like i want to do that you know how often do you perform it's five or six nights a week damn that's why you're so tired man yeah yeah so Holy i'm working shit. that job and going out but don't yeah that's right that's crazy man five or six nights a week yeah, uh, is that what's the hardest thing about comedy is it is it that is it going out that much i don't know that's a really good question i don't know that comedy i think it like forces you i think forcing to like push past your limits because like sometimes i'll write and i'll like i'll write like 10 jokes and mm-hmm. i'll be like you know what though you could write 15 and it's like that that you push that just yourself. keeps going yeah like there's you always have to continually push yourself it's like oh i want to say something like that on stage it's like i shouldn't that sounds racist and i'm like yeah but I, i'm gonna do it i have to try to right once i have that idea in my head i have to do it have you ever offended somebody i'm not there's a lot of comedians who are more offensive than me you you know you've seen me perform i'm yeah. not a super offensive comedian right but i'm sure i have yeah I'm sure I have. First time I saw you, you were like, I hate Jews. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't <laughs> this guy, dude. So, yeah, you're not terribly offensive. I'm not Jewish, but. Yeah. Man. Um, have, what was the last thing you stole? Oh, I steal all the time. You're a klepto. I wouldn't say that. I just love stealing from big corporations. Yeah. <clears throat> I steal chapstick. I steal fancy chapstick all the time. That is my thing. I love. I Look, look at this. This I got organic chapstick right oh, here. You think shit. I paid for this shit right here? <laughs> you think I'm gonna pay six dollars for organic six, chapstick? That, dude, Hell you not. are. Oh my god! Every time I ask this question, people always are like, "I don't know. I stole a quarter," and I'm like, "I steal chapstick. I'm the exact same way. I, I still vegetables to pay for that. Yeah. I've never finished a chapstick in my life. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay for it. And I lose them too. You lose them all the time. I wash them. There's a melted one in my car. <laughs> Dude, I'm not paying for that shit. I, I like to have one in each room. And that was the last thing you stole. Yeah, yeah. 
I you said so. you steal vegetables. I steal vegetables. I mean, I ring up the wrong produce code. I'll sometimes I'll stick other vegetables that aren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> like you know, you get a bunch of kale, and you know what? You're like, yo, guess what? Some ginger root is gonna be in betwixt <laughs> these kale leaves. Because the machine is like, it's it's on your side almost. It's like yeah. put your onions in the bag. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I'm putting in like a <laughs> can of Coke. It's like mind your business, machine. I got this. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, that's I got arrested for stealing condoms, which I have a, I did a podcast about. The you were arrested for stealing them? Stealing condoms, yeah. Was this back in New York? Yeah. Damn. You went to jail. Yeah. For stealing condoms. you wanted condoms. that. You wanted to jump someone's bone. Yeah. It's a, it's a good story. I'll, I'll send it to you. All right. Yeah, I would we'll, love to hear we'll it. Maybe we'll put it in the link. Well, it, the link is in the description. Yeah. Um, what's the best comedic advice you've ever heard? Wow. Wow, that's a good question. From personally or just in general? I would say to you, to you personally, what's helped you the most? There was a comedian. I was just talking about him today. He's not around anymore. I don't know what happened to him. His name is Aaron Middleton. Mm-hmm. And we did a show at Los Tacos together. Ah, shout out Los Tacos. And afterwards, I did okay, but it looked like I was in my head trying to like think about my jokes. Oh, and he was drunk. Okay, and he was like, I don't remember the whole conversation, but he looked at me and he's like, he's like, man, like where else are you gonna be? Like, this is our moment. This is our forever moment. Hmm. And I think about that all the. Where else are you gonna to, be? This is your forever moment. It's like you only have five minutes on stage. Where else are you gonna be? Like, be present. Be with them. Like, do it right there. Hmm. And that's that's helped you the most. That sounds like more meditation practice. Which is probably why it hit me. Stay in the moment. Stay don't think mo- about other things. Be there with the audience. Because if you're, if you're thinking about your next joke, mm-hmm. you're not really with the people in front of you. I agree with that. You're not being organic. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest flaws. It's like, I guess I would describe myself as a one-liner guy, but I always think of the next one. And it seems detrimental, kind of like you're saying. I, and I noticed it when I go back and listen, like, ah, fuck, I kind of rushed into this one. You don't feel like you ever kind of do that because you're staying in there. Or... I do, but it's a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier for me to rest on my material and to not be in the moment and to, like, think about what I'm going to say next. And I have to push myself to, like, look at the people and be more there with them and, like, not worry about the next word and just kind of, like, have the confidence to say what I want to say more or less. Mm-hmm. Instead of like being precise. Yeah, that's huge, man. A uh, couple of just comedy etiquette questions. Since I'm kind of new to this, I don't go out a lot, but I'm curious as to what you think. How do you feel about taking a notebook up on stage or like a little notepad? I try to not do it. Um, Why I think is that, that? I think that, I mean, I do it sometimes. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, because I think, again, it, it keeps you more in the moment if you're there with them and if you have that specific idea like yesterday i wrote my stuff on a notebook and i was gonna go up to do an open mic and i decided not to do it and i forgot a joke which kind of like got me upset but i was also happy because i was more in the moment with the audience i was there with them more like even though i didn't say everything i wanted to say and cover everything i wanted to do um i pushed myself mentally to try to make my flow more conversational did you still make that moment funny forgetting a joke Yes. Uh, well, I didn't forget it. I just skipped over it. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I skipped over it. So I didn't okay. get to do the one I wanted to. And, you know, like you, you might stall a little bit and be like, um, 
yo, what else did I want to tell you guys? Yeah. And, and that's fine. I, yeah. I think I'd rather do that than do that. Unless I'm doing one-liners, which I need to find out, is this one-line funny? Yeah. That, how would you describe your style of comedy? Because I've heard you tell a couple stories, and I know you got some zings, but... I don't know. That's a hard question. I mean, I know Dave Chappelle's like my favorite comedian, but I'm nothing like him. Right. I'm nothing like him. I'm nothing like my favorite. I get yeah. it. I don't know. I'd be interested to see how other people describe me. Because it's hard to step outside yourself like that. Like that, yeah. I'm, I'm not a one-liner. I'm not really a long story guy. I'm probably mm-hmm. somewhere in between. Hmm. Okay. I think that's my weakest aspect in comedy is storytelling. I just, because I got these one-liners that I try to put together. And I make this bizarre story around them that the mm. audience immediately is like, that's bullshit. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even on board. Like, uh, I can't hook them right away. So I've, I'm struggling with it a little bit. I don't know how you tell stories or if you got any advice for someone that's trying to tell more stories. I would think, yeah, tell a story and you just develop like a, a breadth of material. So like sometimes I'll have a one-liner that I know is funny and doesn't fit anywhere. And I just, I have a, a, a separate file for it, uh-huh. like a separate one file lighter. Right. And then while it's there and I know it's there, then I'll find a way to naturally insert it. So like, you'll be talking about something and you'll be like, yo, I was on this date with this girl. And then I was like talking to her and I was like, well, yo, you ever, you ever think about how snakes have sex? Mm. And you know, and it's like, it's a story, but it's also there. So like the truth that the audience picks up on and that comes across in your voice and your mannerisms is true. You did go on this date. Right. But then also, you also are thinking about snake sex, which is also true. So it's like a vehicle. The story is a vehicle for the one line. You got it in the bank. It sort of sounds like uh, when like a rapper is freestyling on Sway or something. Like the, you can clearly tell that there's some writtens and then mm-hmm. they'll like talk with like like bitch and rich. And you're like, yeah. ah, that's clearly off the dome. That's too easy. Yeah. You, you're mixing both. Yeah. Mm, all right. Uh, another etiquette question. After performing at an open mic, are you trying to stay and watch more comedians or are you leaving immediately? This is something not great I do, but I leave immediately because I got to get to bed so I could teach. Why do you children. feel like it's not great, though? Mm, it, it's not an investment in the community that you should make. And I think that people should do that more. And I try to do it more, like especially when I'm out or when I'm hosting a mic. I definitely try to do that. But if there's a way for me to like get up at nine and I mean get up at the mic at nine and then still get home and get more sleep so I could be fresh for my kids, then I'm going to take that opportunity. That's fair. More often than not, would you say you leave after you perform though? For an open mic? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, but like the the real ones or the big ones, the hosting and the headlines. Yeah, and the shows. The shows I'm staying and I'm watching too. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just I never know what to do because I feel like I have so much anxiety going up to it. I do it and then I come back and there's like a lot of adrenaline in me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. People are like maybe trying to talk or like, hey, that was awful. I hate you. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't hear. <laughs> I can't hear anything because I'm just fine. I got to get out of there. Definitely talk to people. One of the best things I realized is that like I always wanted people to talk to me after my set and tell me what they thought and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was like, man, I wish someone would do this. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm someone. Mm. So I started staying after my set sometimes and talking to people and telling them what I liked about their set and stuff. Or like, oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And then I realized the more I did that, the more people did it for me too. Oh, that's huge. So definitely talk to people. Were you shy at first then? Yeah, at first. But then I stopped caring. You stopped caring. That's huge, man. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for anybody. To you get, to get caring. feedback. You get feedback that way. And don't fucking care. Yeah. Yeah. If someone doesn't want to talk to me, all right, whatever. I don't care. 
Dang. I got moves to make and chocolate to eat, you know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, you got snakes to watch, fuck. Yeah. Um, that's, are you religious at all? Mm, yeah, partially. Partially? Yeah. But, like, do you practice regularly? or Like, believe in karma or something like that? I believe in... I believe in... A higher power. Ah, okay. I believe, I believe in higher power. I believe in energies. I read a lot of religion, religious texts. I find it very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I think a lot of comedians are either like totally like I'm spiritual and there is something out there or like, no, that's for idiots and that's uh, dumb. I don't know if there's no, I'm a definitely middle. more of the first one. You're more of the, yeah, I kind of lean that way too. I'm more karma than anything, I think. Mm. Try to pee people how you want to be treated. Yeah. That's a huge one for me. Yo, I struggled a lot growing up in New York, but now that I'm in Denver, yo, I made it. Yo, I know I made it in life because I have a silver refrigerator. Yes, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Yo, yo, that's the, that's the, do you, for you guys who are not clapping, do you not know the levels of refrigerators? Look, bottom level, this is where I started. I started from the bottom. Bottom level, tapioca. If you got a tapioca refrigerator, you also got a bus pass and problems. One level up, white refrigerator. You all right, that's not what this is about. It's really about the next level up, silver refrigerator. That's what I got. Yeah, yo, I got the, the, the ice shit, you know what I'm talking about? Hell yeah, yo, I got that. I got the different styles of ice too. I got crushed ice. Say what else? Say what, no, 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 say what else? No, what else? No, one more time, what else? I got cubed ice. Say, don't stop. I got water. I got the water. I got water. I got the water. Should the liquid ice? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got that too. Uh, I guess what's the goal? What's the goal for you in comedy? Because I saw that recently, as a teacher, you've gotten recognized for something. What? Well, it was like a board of education or something. Yeah, I like got that? recognized by the board of education uh, recently, which I'm super proud of. That's amazing. Um, Congrats. That means like you're good at what you do professionally and you're yeah. moving up. But yeah. you're also moving in another direction in comedy. Yeah. Also up. Also <laughs> up. Or maybe sideways. I don't yeah. know. Uh, what is the goal though? Like exactly. Is it to do it professionally? I would like to. Yeah. I would like to spend my eight hours a day figuring out what's funniest hmm. or like making making things funniest. But in the meantime, while I'm teaching... I'm I'm having a good time too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, I have a really good job and I'm, I really enjoy it and I feel really good at it. So right, there's a happy medium that you're at right now. Yeah, but I don't know. You seem like if you're going out five nights a week, you got a lot of energy going in this other direction too. I do. So but I find I don't find them to be separate. And I tell my students this: like, yo, first period is English class, second period is math class. You think that there's a separation, but when you get out into the real world, there are no periods. It's just learning, mm. and it's just becoming better. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. The better comedian I become, I feel like the better teacher I am. And, and vice the better versa. Teacher, yeah. Yeah. I really feel that. 
I feel like that too. The better server I am, when <laughs> I sell eggs, I'm like, ah, I'm pretty good at comedy too, yeah. actually. Actually, you know what? You probably are. Like, you, if you probably start charming the pants off your tables, stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's probably hard to get really good at that at, without getting really good at something else. That's fair. And I, I mean, it's sort of the same for you. I mean, I don't get up in front of like 30 people, yeah. but that's helped. That helps with your stage presence though, no? Like it must in some way. Yeah. Get up there. Everyone's eyes on you. It doesn't even affect you anymore. Mm-mm. Hmm. All right. I guess I got to become a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had a funny teacher who, I, like I've had a lot of funny teachers and they always teach history. That's why I really? went for that APUS. Shout out Mr. Greaves. Not Richard Pryor. Uh... Have you ever had an idea for an invention? Mm. Yeah, when I was a freshman in college, I wanted to invent these pants called the Zip It Ups. <laughs> and girls were always complaining that, oh, you boys, you can pee anywhere. This is at the time of my life where I was taking my dick out a lot and peeing ah, in a lot of places. Like two where, weeks ago? Or, oh, just in college. <laughs> in sorry. college, yeah. Where I was peeing wherever I wanted. And they're like, you can do it wherever you want. I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to invent some pants that are going to solve this issue. <laughs> and it's just regular jeans, but they got a zipper from the top all the way Holy shit. to the other side. Right? And Whoa. then you could just, if you wanted to, if you were a girl and you wanted to piss on the street somewhere, you could just zip it up. That's not bad. I mean, it promotes like uh, an illegal activity, I guess, public urination. But And I don't know what type of girl would buy those type of pants. Girl, I need to piss more in the street. <laughs> Your pants are always wet. I know what you need. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> Definitely a certain type of girl would be my prime demographic. <laughs> what were those pants called? Zip it ups? The zip it ups, yeah. Zip it ups. That's fucking amazing, dude. Uh, what do your parents think of comedy? Hmm. Um, that's a, that's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that just like a, a strange supportiveness in a way, especially like now that I started, like I'm getting good. They're mm. like, oh, before I was like, I was like, oh, you're doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The tone's now, changed. But now it's like, I'm, I'm getting good. So it's like, oh, comedy. Okay. Have they ever seen you perform? Yes. Yes. I would say like different parts of my family. Like I recently uh, headlined a show in um, San Luis Obispo where my aunt is. And uh, uh, she saw me perform and I did a really good job. And then mm. she was like really interested and she was asking me questions about my jokes and how I came up with them and stuff like that. Yeah, that's huge to have that family support. Yeah. I mean, in, in that regard, but it sounds like your parents are a little bit hesitant on it. Do they want you to go more teacher route and... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's it's strange because I met my biological father like recently, mm. and it's like he's kind of like, oh, you're doing comedy. Like that's kind of like what it's Whoa, like. Really? Yeah. But then, and he's also like teaching. He's like, oh, you're a teacher. What What does he expect you to be doing? I don't know. Making music, selling drugs in Queens. No, I think he wants. He, I think he's like, hey, you should be like an electrician. Like that's like a good job, and you can get money. Yeah. Okay. It's like reliable. It is reliable. It's a safe or job. Or a plumber or something. Yeah, an accountant. Someone no, that films no, nothing, snakes nothing fucking. No, nothing that, that high. No. Electrician or plumber. Okay, one of those. Yeah. And your mom, more supportive? or She passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's all good. All right. But was she at any point in time? She she never would have seen me perform. It was many, many years. Gotcha. Not many, many. I say, I, I'm sounding like I'm like 50. Yeah. But no, I think that like one of the reasons that, that I absolutely do is like for her. Like she loved 
comedy she loved jokes she was like always telling stories and that type of person so like this is my way of also like pushing that legacy on i'm like i'm i'm doing it that's huge man that's got to help you personally a lot oh it's i got jet fuel coming out of me whoa and you're proud of comedy now yeah are you not yeah like i was telling you i think i spoke about it too early and now when people mention it to me i feel a sort of embarrassment about it. i know exactly how you feel I don't know how to combat that because they're all like, I want to support you and come out. And I don't, I don't know how to have that conversation. The only way I know how to do it. And this is something I figured out in the last like year or two Mm -hmm. is before it was like a dirty secret. If someone found out I did comedy, I was Mm -hmm. like, 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 Oh, you're a comedian. I'm like, I tell jokes. That's right. I try. But now I legitimately feel like if someone comes out, I'm a good, I'm good enough at what I do where I can give them a good time. So I don't doubt it when I tell them I'm a comedian or come out to a show. Like when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a comedian. You'll come out to a show. Like I really mean it. Yeah. But before it was like, I, had a, I actually didn't want the support. <laughs> I didn't want the support. That's sort of how I feel. Yeah. And they all want to show it. And I'm like, I'm very grateful. But it, I also like, yeah, it's, it's true. It's grateful. Like I am yeah. grateful to the people who like came and helped me even when I was bad. Because there was people who I was like when I was bad and I was just like, what did you think of this joke? And they're like, uh, you know, and they, they give you feedback because people know you. Mm-hmm. That's like the best luxury. People who support you know you. So they know when you're being authentic right. and you're being your funniest self and they know when you're not because you're funny when you're with your friends. I'm funny when I'm by myself. That's yeah. when I'm the funniest. That you just stand in the mirror and you're just like, guess what? You're about to catch some heat jokes. Oh my God. I make myself laugh more than I make anybody laugh. That's good. Th- then you're a success. In my own eyes, yeah, but I can hype myself up. But I don't know. I don't know when to include other people in on this because I was so excited about it initially, and now, yeah, I'm, it sounds like what you're saying is get good enough, do it, and feel comfortable in your own skin, and then you can let people in. That's what. I, that's what's worked for me. That's what I've done. So you just practice for a while, and got I mean, good. I just got good enough. It just, I mean, it, I just felt like somewhere around like the four or five four year mark i just felt like i'm good enough that like if someone comes out i'm not wasting their time <laughs> mm, that's huge yeah i've done that i've wasted a lot of time or um, like you know you get on a show and you know someone else is really gonna g- good on there and you're like hey this guy's gonna be great and i'll also be there <laughs> who are some guys in town do you think are going to be big damn of like people who are my peers or people who are above me? Uh, yeah, I guess your peers sort of like, um, you know, you're the same level, I guess. Like I see people like Noah Reynolds and Benjamin Duncan. I love those guys, yeah. They're amazing. They're so amazing at what they do. Yeah, I would put, I would throw Michael Isaacs in there, I Edward Bell well. in there. I would throw Ben Bryant in there mm. in terms of people who I feel like are like around that level. Um Damn, there's a lot of people. Danny Ramos, Elon Stribling. Every time I see them perform, I'm always like impressed by what they do. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of really good people. There's here. a lot of talent in Denver. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess it feels a little bit competitive, but it's also like I see this community of people that are just so close together. There's like a comedian's Friendsgiving too. Yeah. I'm, like that's huge. I don't know. We it's just it. such a cool thing to look at from the outside even. Yeah, there's a real sense of community here, and we're it's like a super lucky thing to be, to have. That's amazing. Um, so I guess, you know, I've asked a lot about comedy. I always like to end these podcasts by asking a bunch of rapid-fire questions. Boom. So I'm going to ask you, answer the best of your ability, just first thing that comes to mind. Um, what's your favorite color? Red. 
Do you believe in ghosts? No. Black or white? Black. What's the worst injury you've ever had? Two times broken nose. What's your biggest fear? Uh, bees. Uh, what's something you're never wrong about? Facts. <laughs> uh, do you have any other talents besides comedy? Nose picking. <laughs> uh, what do you recommend? Love. Ah, all right, I recommend love as well. Uh, favorite sports team all time? Yankees. Uh, what's the most expensive item you own? $300 sneakers. Oh, Jordan 4s, I feel like? Foams. Foams. Ah, Easy foams. Easy foams? I didn't even know that was a thing. Holy shit. Uh, what, what do you think your weakest quality is as a person? Damn. That's, that's quick. Uh, childishness, I would say. Uh, what's your pin number? <laughs> 6969. 69. <laughs> How much time do you think you spend on your phone? Uh, three hours. A day? Yeah. Okay. That's what the screen time tells me. I'm four hours, 30 minutes. Don't trip. Um, who has it harder, men or women? Women. Have you ever cheated? On. Um, yes. All right. <laughs> and last but not least, my name is Sammy Anzer, and I am... Great. Great. All right. <laughs> hey, Sammy, dude, thanks for doing this, man. I can't wait to drink this tea finally. I've been okay. thinking about it since minute 30. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's huge. Comedians like you are helping me out a lot. So yeah, sincerely, thanks so it. much for doing this. Yeah, thank you, man. Hell yeah. That was fun as hell, man. And there you have it. Uh, that was Sammy Anzer, everybody. Holy shit, I got to sit down with Sammy Anzer. That was... That was so fucking cool, man, and, uh, you know, I never did get around to drinking that detox tea, but my guy took care of me, he sent me home with the bag, I, uh, I brought it home, and then I'm pretty sure my dog Luda sniffed it up and, like, bit the shit out of it, so, but I appreciate it nonetheless, um, and another huge thank you to Sammy for, you know, letting me into his home, this is another comedian like you keep track of it I don't think I've had a single comedian over to my home all these people are just so grateful or, or, or gracious I, I suppose and they let me into their home and they offer me drinks and things like that I'll say this and I would like this on the record I've never been offered food from a comedian maybe because it's a scarcity in a comics life and for that reason I would understand but I would I would still like it on the record I've never been offered food I guess the dream scenario is like I go over to a comedian's house and he's like, Hey, dude, I just finished making tamales. Do you want some? Yeah, dude, hook it up. That shit sounds amazing. Uh, anyways, holy shit. Uh, th this has been fun. I got to go get back and talk to some more comedians. So I guess I'm cutting this outro short. Maybe that's good for you guys. Maybe you guys hate hearing me talk which would be the weirdest fucking thing because why would you hate to hear me talk and listen to a podcast that is mine where I talk? You know what? Whatever, man. That's... Fuck you if you're like that and if you're that way. So, on that note... Thanks for listening.
Uh, what's your What's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. Or favorite color person, I mean. Uh, favorite color person, brown. Brown? Brown or black? Not white. No. 